0: This morning, what we're going to talk about is we, we're going to look at what we have in Christ when we face difficult times. You see, we're not exempt as believers from difficult times. You can sometimes get that impression like everything should be absolutely amazing. No, we are, we are not avoiders of difficulty. We are overcomers of difficulty. We are, we are not passive. We are victors. We, we go through difficult things and we come out the other side. You see, a lot of Christians go, well, I'd love to, uh, you know, I want, I want victories, God's victory in my life. Well, you can't have victories without battles. Yeah. And we celebrate the victories. And, you know, those victories, the, 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 way we, the way we step into things with God isn't by a list of principles. It's not by a list of formulas. It's by a relationship. And we invest our time, not in trying to get seven steps or something, but in all the different aspects of our relationship with a God who loves us and cares for us unconditionally. Yeah. And I remember um, years, years back, so it was well after we'd started Faith Life, but quite a number of years ago. And I was trave- I was still sort of, uh, working as a partner in Deloitte at the time and I was travelling into London on the train and I was reading the, the story of the prodigal son and at the end of the, the prodigal son you, you probably know that what happens is the, the older brother turns up and he says to the father he's obviously he can't enter into the joy of the father and, the, and, and the, the acceptance of the son and he has this reaction because he said, look, I've done all these things for you, and and yet you're celebrating this guy over here, and he's really, like, he's basically thrown everything you've given him back in his face, and he's only come back now because he wants something. And the father says to him, don't you realise that everything I have has always been yours? And so I was going into training to London, and God I heard this, God dropped this in my spirit. And he said, why do you think his reaction was like that, son? Now, that might not mean anything to you, but that statement shocked me. Because I turned to, you know, if you can metaphorically turn inside to an inward voice, I metaphorically turned to my inside voice and said, well, why did he call me son? Why, why is that the first time you've called me son? And he said, I've been calling you son all your life, but you never heard it till now. Yeah. And you see, that one word, son, and, and having God make that and, and it just completely changed my whole relationship with God. Because I, I'm, I was one of these Christians that, that was brought up to see him as distant, Lord, angry with me when I did some stuff that, that I shouldn't have done, that he was disappointed in me, that he was king, he was, you know, out there, you couldn't never really understand him. And, like, and all of a sudden, my, my whole relationship with God was changed by realising I was his son. And he related to me on that basis. And, and I could relate to him on that basis. And... Um, Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who have been led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, if you're a girl, you can read daughters there. Eh? For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You see, that's what was happening to me, that my spirit was, the, the spirit of God was bearing witness with my spirit that I'm his child. He, he, you see, I, I had this picture of God that he was like distant, remote, angry, king, and all the rest of it, but the truth was that the Holy Spirit was trying to get to me is that he was pleased with me that I'm his son, and he loves me unconditionally because I'm his son, and, and, he, and we receive that spirit to spirit, that's, that's called revelation, like when, he, when God, suddenly you get something. See, the Holy Spirit, what he does is he takes all the accumulated uh, stuff that we've absorbed and, and you have these moments where it all just fits together and it works. And, and, it, and it was that sort of moment. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. You see, this idea of being adopted as a child of God is the heart of the gospel. You see, we, we receive everything we have by grace through faith. And, and we, it's not just like we get forgiven and we go to heaven. You know, that, that, that's, not, that, that's religion, not Christianity. It's true, but it's religion because it's only part of the truth. You see, we enter into a relationship with God. We we are given a new status. We are given a new birth. We receive a new nature, a new spirit. We're born again. And we enter a new relationship with God. And that relationship isn't like, you're forgiven, so you're okay. You can talk to me now. That relationship is son and daughter. And and that's the heart of the gospel that, that completely with nothing that we could do to earn it or justify it or be worthy of it, God did all that for us. And we get to enjoy it. Who wants to enjoy that? Who like, you know, there's too much bad news around. I, I, I'm probably going to put it this way, but I had this, like, this idea going around in my head for a Facebook quote, and, and it's basically this, and I haven't quite nailed it yet, but it's, there is no bad news in, in the good news. It's all good news. The gospel means good news. In fact, it means like abundant, amazing, excessive, uh, nearly too good to be true news. But it is true. And that's the gospel. God is a good God. It's us that that tell people he's not. Because we, we, we live in this like old way pre-cross Christianity that says it's all down to us and we have to sort ourselves out and we have to please God. If we don't please God, he's angry with us and and we have to get right with him all the time. And the truth is we are right with him because Christ made us right with him. And our role is to enjoy it and receive it. You see, God chose us to to adopt us into his family. Now, some of you have, have seen the picture of this family before, um, maybe, I think a couple of years ago. You can go on to the picture, I've, I've skipped the slide by the way. There you are. Now, anybody knew who this family are? They are called the Radfords. Uh, they are Britain's biggest family. Um, at the time that they've been interviewed there, they've just had their 19th child. Okay? Um and, and they they regularly appear in the in the newspapers and, and things. And now I f when I first did the slides I forgot to put the picture in. And so I went back on uh Friday and sent Jules a new set of slides with the picture in, only to find out that as I went to get the picture, number twenty is on the way. Now that that's impressive. <laughs> now the Radfords uh Mum and dad, there they're called Noel and Sue, and they, uh, they have a bakery business. So sometimes I put this, this you, you're really good. I like the way you always think the best because I've done this at other churches, and they go, They're them social security scroungers. No, they're just Britain's biggest family, and they've never had a penny from social security. They've run a bakery business in Morecambe now. If you've got 19 kids with 20 on the way, a bakery business is a really good thing to have. <laughs> they, they, they've got a 10-bedroom house in Morecambe, uh, which apparently is valued at the astonishing figure. Can you imagine what a 10-bedroom house would be in Cambridge? 200-and-something thousand in Morecambe. So if, you, if you're thinking on a big family, Morecambe is the place for you. <laughs> And uh, Noel goes to work at 5 a.m. every morning with the oldest kids who've now left home actually. And every day they work an 11 hour shift. And I, I, when, you, when, these, when they get interviewed on telly, one thing that comes out from that is that they are a happy family. They're a really close family. Um, they get through, on a single day, 18 pints of milk, three litres of orange juice, and three extra large-sized boxes of cereal every day. So that's, that's quite impressive. Now, what's really interesting about this is that, is that the love you see in that family. And Noel and Sue are both adopted children. And it was because they were adopted from difficult circumstances and the love that they received that they wanted to give that love and they wanted to keep on giving that love. And I, I think that's amazing. Now, why it's particularly amazing to me is that Sue is the adopted daughter of my cousin and I grew up with them. So I've, I... She's, she's quite a bit younger than me. Obviously, you don't have kid number 20 for the same age as me. Um, but So they grew up just around the corner from where I lived. And, and I watched, you know, I remember as, as a baby and, and seeing this, this family grow and getting regular reports of it. And what it, what it shows me is that the power of adoption. And, and because it's close to me, it, it's real. I've, I've not been adopted, but I've seen what, what, what that does when you're able to give that love to somebody else. And you see, when Paul is talking about this idea of adoption, what he's saying is he's not talking about adoption the way we have it or even Hebrew adoption. He's actually talking about Roman adoption. And in Roman adoption, the principle is very different in that you can adopt adults. Isn't that good? Because we don't come to Christ often until we're adults. Um, And what happened is that the, the purpose of adoption in the Roman way of doing things was succession. It was to carry on what the father had established. And when you were adopted into the family, it's not that you with then just like a son or a daughter and one day when dad popped his socks you would inherit along with the other kids so when he's talking about heirs that's not what he means in the roman system all the property of the family was held communally and jointly within the family so everything of the families was yours So what Paul is saying is when you were adopted into the family of God, you had immediate access to everything of the family on a joint basis. So what is true for the family in heaven is true for the family here. And there's no sickness, there's no poverty, there's no pain in heaven. There's there's nothing that can't be overcome. Because everything that the family has is yours. And and that's what he's saying by, by this idea here. And, and we access that in reality into our lives, into our situation, into whatever is going on. Like some of us, we we'll look come to church this morning and we'll be happy and it'll be the best week we've had in a long time and it's fantastic and we're all on and up. And other of us have had an awful week or we might have had an awful month or an awful series of months and we, we're facing some really um, difficult things. But the truth is that the provision of God and our adoption into that family and our access to it is constant. Yeah. You see, the thing about God is he doesn't go up and down with our circumstances. That's why he's something that you can stake your life on. He stays constant. And so when, when we are having great times, he's constant. When we're having difficult times, he's constant. And that's a good thing because that means he doesn't shift and move according to what we're experiencing. And, and and because we're part of the family, we can we can plug in to that constantness. We can plug in to that grace. Yeah. We stand in grace, uh, and, and and we we receive from that place what we need. That's that's what the Bible says. Now, often we don't receive because we move out of that place, and we get our own ideas, and uh, and we have our panics, and we get into fear, and we and 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 we we want something immediately and we we try and make everything happen and we we get loads of advice and and it doesn't happen for us because the provision of god is there because we're part of the family and 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 we receive just by faith by believing are, are you with this so the point is that whatever we're facing, we can do it without fear. Remember he said there's no fear because we're adopted. Why is there no fear? Well, there's no fear because the family is there. The resources of the family are there. The authority of the family is there. Now, the reality is we do fear. But what, what, what God's saying is you don't have to because I'm here, I care. I love you and I've got what you need. So so don't, don't look at all that stuff that the enemy's throwing at you and say it ne- it'll never be right, it'll never sort, you'll never get your healing. Trust me. You know, um, and it, it, I might get a few cringes with this one, so just have, have your cringe first. <laughs> okay. Um, but do you know like the, those movies where, you know, I, I won't name them, but there's, there's the Italian don, and he's got the family, and uh, like the Godfather, you know, that sort of thing. And somebody upsets or offends a member of the family. So what does he do? He, he, he calls everybody in, and he gathers everybody in and he goes, "We're going to make this right. We're going to make them an offer. They can't refuse." <laughs> And whilst God, I don't want you to see God as a, as, as a, a sort of <laughs> Godfather figure. <laughs> I do want you to understand that that's his approach. He's there when the kids get hurt. He's there when somebody does something to harm his kids. And he's, gone, he's determined to use the resources of the family to make it right. And we're the family and we make it right. <laughs> We stand in faith alongside each other and we make it right. The enemy tries to steal. He tries to steal from the family. But as far as I'm concerned, this family becomes a no-go area for him because we stand, we stand in faith together. Yes, that's right. Are you getting this? Yes. This, is, this is really simple stuff. You see, didn't you ever like... This used to happen to me a lot in when I was a kid because... I was, I wasn't the man I am now when I was a kid. <laughs> I, w- I was a bit, skinny. well, skinny, yeah, uh, <laughs> naughty. I was into some not good stuff. And my answer to everything involved my fists and my feet. You know, that. I know you'd find that really difficult to believe. Gentle, kind, Mark. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the way it was. And... Um, we used to have a thing in the playground, I'm sure you've come across it, that any, anything that ever happened is, I'm going to get my dad on you. And then we had this thing, my dad is bigger than yours. Well, I have to tell you this morning that your dad is bigger than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the dad beyond all dads, really. And that's why we don't have to be a slave to fear and anxiety. Because our dad is bigger than any circumstance we face. And that's why Paul says in in verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? You see, things are against us. The enemy tries to rob steel from our life. He tries to rob our health. He tries to rob our finances. He tries to rob our peace of mind. He tries to rob our career. He tries to, to screw up our relationships. He tries to wreck marriages. He's against us. But God is for us. And, and as long as we keep our eyes on God, we win. We might not win instantly, but we win. We might have to fight a battle. The family might have to put things right. But ultimately, we win. That's what, that's what he's saying. Ultimately, we win because God is for us. So who can be against us? They're small in comparison. You see, the, you know, because I'm an accountant, I like to do it this way, but you plus God outnumbers everyone. It's an equation, yeah. sort of. You plus God outnumbers everyone. Yeah. Just, just say that to yourself. Let's, let's shout that out. You plus, me plus God outnumbers. Out yeah. Well, come on, Roger. A bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> let's listen to Roger do it. You plus God outnumbers everybody. Me plus, plus God outnumbers God. everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory to God, whatever. You know, let's go American. You see, one of the things that I guess Charlotte and I have seen for a lot of years is a lot of believers seem really unsure that God's going to come through for them. They're not sure that God's going to meet the needs. And that he's going to supply in every situation. And as a result, rather than wait for him, they go off and try and fix it. Yeah. Now, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with taking action, as long as you know that's the action that God wants you to take. Mm-hmm. But he's asking you to have to find that place of peace inside and, and that place of certainty inside where you can receive. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that, I, I believe... And, and what we're trying to, in some ways, correct or make clear through w- what we're teaching, is that somewhere deep down inside, we, as believers, know God does those things. But we don't. We aren't sure He'll do it for us. And the reason we aren't sure He'll do it for us is that, I, I think. A, it's not the only reason, but a big reason is somewhere inside we're going, but I know what I'm like. And I don't really deserve that. And I don't think I've done enough for God for him to do that for me. I I don't think I've been close enough to God for him to do that for me. I I don't think I don't think I've been as Excited about church and being part of the body as I should be, so I'm not sure he'll do it for me. Or it's been so long, I'm not sure he'll do it for me because I must have done something wrong. Who told you that? Because God didn't tell you that, because He said it is finished. 2,000 years ago, everything you need was provided. You're in the family. You have access to everything that I have. He didn't tell you that. Church told you that. Books told you that. Yourself told you that. The enemy told you that because he wants to rob you. You see, everything we receive from God doesn't depend at all on us. And the thing that, you know, this Christian journey for a lot of us is unlearning stuff that we've got in there that's rubbish. And somehow we've got used to this idea that God's not going to come through for me because I'm not good enough. Well, you're a whole lot better than you were when Christ died for us because then you didn't even want him and you were dying in your sins. Now you're better than that. You've gone forward. So if he was willing to die for you when when you were in that place, how much more is he willing to give to you now? And and we have to some, kind of unlearn some things. So because we have to learn how to stand in the challenges, the challenges that are coming. You know, if I I guess if I took a poll right now, you'd say actually it's harder being a Christian now. In the workplace and at school and uni and all than, it, than it's ever been in this country, in our lifetime certainly. And there's challenges coming. The enemy is wanting to rob, steal, and back us into a corner. Yeah. The enemy is wanting to, to fill seats in church on a Sunday morning. It make no difference, so, no difference to us when we get to work on a Monday. Yeah. The enemy wants to convince us that all our Christianity is is about is getting to church, doing an hour and a quarter and walking away and being exactly the same person as we've been for most of our life. Because he's happy with that. Because it's powerless. Yeah. Because the power of the gospel is the, the... The gospel is the power of God to change lives, to bring salvation. Yeah. And, and the gospel is we receive to use. We, we, we are empowered to walk in power. We are given authority to exercise authority in whatever we face. You see, a lot of us, what we face is actually a lot more subtle than that. And it's it's those voices that have chipped away at you all your life. You know, sometimes we go through really difficult circumstances and you can, you can identify them. At other times, you can't identify them. You just feel like, I can't manage anymore. I, I'm just not up to this. And, and it's those voices that go on inside, isn't it, that, that, that say, actually, you just, you're not good enough. Or, if you were like that person over there, then you'd be a whole lot better. Or if you could do that, then you'd be able to succeed. Or if you had more of this or more of that, you'd be able to succeed. And some of us, we've experienced even more than that. We've experienced judgmental voices, bitter voices, condemning voices. We've experienced people. You use all the right words coming from all the wrong places. And it gets inside. And, and it's designed to rob us of this security we have as a member of the family. And the truth is that we can overcome and go through anything when we're secure in the love of God. That's, that's, the, that's the only battle we have to be secure in the love of God. If we can win that battle, all the other battles follow behind. And the enemy wants to get us away from that battle and convinces that God doesn't love us or his love for us depends on us. Because if he can get us looking at us, he can get us looking at our failures and he wins. And God gets us and he calls us to look at his success, his win. It's not on what I can do for Christ, it's on what, what he's done for me. Yeah. Are, you, are you getting this. So, so whatever you're facing, the truth is that you have the spirit of Christ inside and you can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can handle it. Now you go, well, it's not me that handles it, it's Christ. Yes, but you have Christ in you, you can handle it. It's who you are now. You are not just a person. You are one with the spirit of Christ. It's not something that is like an idea. It's a truth. It's a reality. Whether we use it or not is a different matter. And the reason we often don't use it is because we don't think of ourselves like that. But the truth is, whatever you're facing, you can handle it because you are Christ in you. You in Christ. So whatever it is you're facing right now, you can come through the other side. Guaranteed. Why? Because you plus God overcomes. That's why Paul can write these things. Now, when Paul writes what I'm going to read, he's been through every single one of these things. Let's read it. Verse 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Guys, we get real. Paul went through this. We're not exempt from this. We go through it and we win. That's how it works. God doesn't send this. The world is stacked like this. The enemy is stacked like this. And sometimes we walk straight into it through our own stupidity. But the reality is it exists. But what we are experiencing right now isn't the end of the story. It's not the final report. Whatever it is, we can handle it. And Paul said, the love of Christ meant that I knew I could handle tribulation. I can handle distress. I can handle persecution. I can handle famine, nakedness, peril, People threatening my life because it's written, for your sake, we've been put to death all day long. We consider sheep to be slaughtered. But in these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loves us. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creative thing. You can see he's trying to get everything. What he's saying is nothing. Nothing is bigger than God. If God is for you, who can be against you? It's not the circumstance you look at, it's God you look at in the circumstance so that you can overcome simple gospel eyes on jesus nowhere else you know what you know what distinguishes a gospel of grace from all the other stuff we talk about that isn't the gospel at all the gospel of grace makes it all about jesus anything else that makes it remotely about you is not the gospel at all cuz it's all about him you cannot overcome these things yourself. But he can and he will. You plus God overcomes. You can handle it. No height, no depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why can it not separate you from the love of God? two reasons. Because God loves you and his love for you isn't dependent on you. It's his love and he's chosen to love you whether you think you're worth it or not. It does not depend on you. Reason number two. Read that carefully. Can't separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Where's the love of God? In Christ Jesus. Where are you? In Christ. in Christ Jesus. Permanent. Christ in you. You in Christ. It's who you are. You can never be separated from it because it's who you are. You are in Christ Jesus and he's in you. And whatever you face, you can come through because you can handle it. And you can never be separated from that love. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, because we're going to pay for some people. Um, If you're having a fantastic time at the moment, this isn't for you. So don't come forward. We're We're not doing a bless me line. What we're doing is we're doing a victory line. And so if if you've been going through some stuff and it's been going on and on, we're going to use our authority as family to get some breakthrough in that, okay? So this is for those who uh, have been struggling with some stuff for a long time. It might be health issues. It might be uh, financial issues. It might be just family issues, relationship issues, marriage issues, whatever. But it's been going on and you can't see how how it's going to change. And if that's you... Right at this moment, not like, oh, well, that happened to me four years ago, so I think I'll... No, it's happening right now. You're in the middle of it, then you come forward for some prayer. Does that make sense? Before we do that, I want... This might not be to everybody's liking, but I just want to get... I'm just going to show a video that's going to speak some truth over you to reinforce what I've said. Because we need to know we can handle it. Amen.